I'm Holiday. I'm Taraday. I'm Independence Day. Oh, a microphony. And a phony at the mic. Get Whoa! Ah. <laughs> and now, on with the opera. Let joy be unconfined. Let there be dancing in the streets, drinking in the saloons, and necking in the parlor. Play, Don. Would you welcome Mr. Warm? Picture it. <laughs> Sicily, 1912. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Killers, Cults, and Nutjobs 2.0, where we cover all crime. I am, as always, the host, the great white snark Scotty J. And seated across from me in the virtual wasteland that is the internet is the lovely and twisted Monica. Hi. Oh boy. She's you know, it's like every time she just comes out with a the hat. Yeah, you're right. She just comes out, it's all happy. You know. That that's a trooper. Yeah. Well, we have officially entered the holiday season. We have just we have just cleared we have just cleared uh, Halloween, and we're approaching Thanksgiving. Still miss a month, but no. Yeah, and according to the stores, New Year's was last week. <laughs> right. The, you know the, that's. And I get, I mean, I've worked in retail, I get it, but man, it just seems like Christmas keeps coming sooner and sooner every year. Yeah. Well, it's like in August, they have some Christmas stuff. It's like, really? Right. It's like, folks, we haven't even started back to school yet. Can can you hold off on Christmas? Yeah. Although I do have to say that, um, this is going to show you how much of a a geek I am. I'm on a, a Facebook page, uh, a Christmas story fan page created by the cast. Uh-huh. And uh, they've got the cast back together, ex- except for uh, the old man and. Um, well, yeah, and, and the, forever. Yeah, right. Uh, was it Gavin? I know his name was Gavin. Gavin McLeod? Yeah. Well, the old man's dead. Um, and Melinda Dillon, who played the mom, she's retired from acting, so they got someone else to take the role. But all the kids have returned for a new Christmas story movie coming out on HBO Max here pretty soon. I don't get Don't have it. it it's called, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll release it on DVD for you to rent. Darren McGavin. Like yeah, Darren McGavin, yeah. The old man. Gotta yeah, love them. Like that's was. Okay, yeah, I. Yeah. My mom remembered him as a cold check the nice stalker. Yeah. But uh, they got all the kids back. Um, Ralphie, Brandy's, Flick, Schwartz, Grover Dillis, uh, Scott Farkas. And this movie is set in the 1970s, 30 years after the original. Yeah. So. Now, my question is: Is did they go back and use um, use the exteriors for, of the house in uh, Cleveland? Oh uh, yeah, probably. Well, I'm on the page, Facebook page for the house. 
and didn't say anything about that. So I'm guessing probably not. Well, I know um, on that fan page I'm on, somebody actually made a dollhouse of the of the house. That's cool. It is, and I, when I saw the house, um, we parked over in the we par- had parked in the Bumpus's yard, mm-hmm. and it, it, we took a tour of the house. It was great. Well, as we were walking out the back door, I said, "I have to say it." And Alex looks at me and goes, "What, Dad?" And I stood up there and went, "Son of a bitch, Bumpus's," and he's just like, "Oh my god, Dad." Really? And I'm like, hey. It was one of the old man's best lines in the movie. Yeah. That's why I was there when James was like 13 months old to have a picture oh. standing under this kitchen sink. I have a picture somewhere of um, Charlotte doing that. Alex wouldn't do it. No. Meatloaf, meatloaf, double meatloaf. I hate meatloaf. What sound do little piggies make? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're right. I, I love. I got a copy of that movie somewhere. I got a. I told my mom about the movie, and she just looks at me and she goes, "You're gonna watch it, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, the first time I saw it was like 18 years ago. So be- right. I I have a copy, and and I will watch it during um during the holiday season I, I i won't watch until after this december 1st yeah yeah well then we went by it um when we were in ohio five years ago so we didn't go in again but because you know, i mean you know i i'm thinking about taking uh my son and daughter on a trip this year out to um salem massachusetts and the route that I looked at um, would take us through Cleveland. So I'm thinking about stopping off in Cleveland and taking them to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the uh, Christmas Story House. But from like where I lived, uh, Salem, it's like 15 hours. And I was like, I'm not alone. I probably would with you guys. No, I'll probably pull off in a, like Niagara or somewhere and get a hotel room. But if I go to Niagara Falls, I have to do I have to do the Three Stooges bit. Niagara Falls. Slowly I turn. And I'll take a picture of the falls and I'll send it to my friends with, you know, just, just say slowly I turn and they will get it. But in, enough. Enough of us straying off the rails here, folks. We got a great show for you. Um, when when I talked to Monica about coming on and being my my co-host for the show, we we just well, she actually not really so much me, but Monica just started throwing out all these great ideas for shows. And one thing that we both kind of hit on that we like is uh, good old Hollywood scandals. And then just old stories about Hollywood, too. Well, right. I mean, old Hollywood was like, you know, you had the studio system where you were, 
you were under a contract to a studio and it didn't matter what type of um, uh, cheesy movie it was, you were under contract, you were in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, One thing I did learn, um, but before we get into this, uh, DeForest Kelly, uh, more famous as Dr. Leonard McCoy from the original Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I found out years later he was actually uh, a contract to the studio. Oh, yeah, well, like pretty much like I, I think by that point, like when Star Trek came out in the sixties, the contract system was was gone for the most part. Yeah, I mean, you still had a few people there, like um, Henry or Harry Morgan and DeForest Kelly and a few others, but. You know, he was one of the last contract players that was actually kind of like, I think Desi Lu picked it up. Yeah, Desi Lu produced Star Trek. Got, got to give a tip there to Desi and Lucy. We should do a show about those two. That'd be good. Oh, yeah, because I, I've heard some stories about those two. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to take anything away from Lucille Ball, she's one of the greatest comedians that have ever graced the small screen or any screen. I mean, the, the woman was funny. Um, I, I think one of the best things I remember from her show, I Love Lucy, was uh, the, the season where they went to Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she got to do the mirror routine with Harpo Marx. Mm-hmm. Which Harpo's bit, I get it. He, you know, that, that it, it's one of the things he's famous for. But just the fact that him and Lucy were doing it was just great. Yeah, I got to get some books on Lucy and Desi. But you know, it's, especially if you go back to like um, the silent movies. Uh, I would say through the 30s and 40s with like the major studios, they did a great job of keeping the scandals out of the press for the most part. Mm -hmm. For the decades until everybody was dead anyway. Right. I think think one of the first books I ever read about Hollywood scandals was um, Scotty Bowers, Full Service. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Have you read that one? Yeah. Like, uh, Amanda. Queers or something. Right. Uh, now, I mean, before we get into, um, we're doing Hollywood Babylon because Monica and I both have a copy. She She's read more of it than I have. But it's been a while. But she, she knows more about what what was truth and what wasn't. In the book than I do. But right, but um, I mean, Scotty Bauer's book. Do do you believe what he said? Well, like I literally, it was one of those books that I did read and then didn't retain much. So I read it. Um, I have it somewhere. I got to get my copy because. I remember I was I was with Amanda and we were in Barnes and Noble at night 
right probably about an hour before closing and i saw the book and i was flipping through it and i opened up to um got katherine hepburn and how according to scotty bowers katherine hepburn was a lesbian And she had a a weakness for brunette girls. I remember, obviously, hearing that before, but I can't remember from his book. All right, I'm remembering this because I I remember I read that part, and I I'm not going to say the actual word that I said mm-hmm. at that particular moment, but out loud I said, "Catherine Hepburn was a." I didn't uh-huh. say I didn't say lesbian. Mm-hmm. I said the other word. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that out. I'm like, this right here, man, Catherine Hepburn, you know, Hepburn and Tracy, the, the great romance. Yes. Uh-huh. But we you know, we there's been a few times where I've been out there with you visiting, and we, we kind of talk about it, an old Hollywood scandal and or some watching a true crime show with you, and you're like, you need to do a show about this. This is interesting. Yep. So we decided to break this up into a two-parter. At least. Kind of. At least. So. Depends, like, yeah. So, and it'll be more free-based, too. Right. Yeah, with no script. No no script. This is, this is us. Just, just, me asking her if if the story is true. She might give, you know, she'll probably give us some background on the story. Well, be more. That's have to go with some of like the other people. Those. Well, I I know. Like the more ones I know, like easily than the others. And I right. It emails you too, and that it was like a lot more people and stories in there than I remembered. Right. Well, I know the the first one I opened up to, and this is one that we are going to do. A, uh, we will do an episode about Fatty Arbuckle. Yep. Well, that's what with um when I was in you know Los Angeles back in April. Even though I've been to her grave now a lot of other times, I made sure to visit again because of the hundredth anniversary. Right. And the same with um. William Desmond Taylor. Okay. The hundredth anniversary back in February, and I told my mom, I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to go in the mausoleum, try and find them again, just so." Now, the hundredth anniversary, I had to like, there's right, right there. I, I had to go. <laughs> now, I I did say we we are Fatty Arbuckle is one that I don't care how many times I do a true crime show. I will do a Fetty Arbuckle story because it, it was one, I, I think, according to the book, according to everything else I've read about him, this was like the first scandal that blew up on in the news. Yeah. And it's also one of the ones that made me a death. I had like, there was a few people, like, close with the Hollywood Babylon and then, you know, this is Hollywood tour guide book that made me basically a death tag. And he's one of them. Well, 
very quickly, Fatty Arbuckle was a, 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 a famous silent movie comedian. And by, by giving the name Fatty, he, he was a fatty. Uh, Roscoe Arbuckle was his name. And apparently, um, I mean, you see pictures of him. He, he's, he's a plump guy, but he was that era's John Candy. It's safe to say. Oh yeah, this. And uh, this was and then, yeah, which still not quite over John Candy like no like yeah, or and then I'd say more uh, I guess maybe a mix, but it's of like Farley and Candy right because well like I think Candy was a little more family right friendly, but then. Because I'm like, I'm sure the, the stuff they used to get away with till more, right? He's and all, but that's another story. But, but yeah, candy. Now he, uh, you know, this was during prohibition, so alcohol was technically illegal. But you got the money, you got the clout, you could get the booze. And the hotel they went to was uh, the Hotel St. Francis, right? And yeah, still there. Oh, it's still standing. Still oh, yeah. I would love, I would love to go see the room. Yeah, I think I've. Well, I mean, they've probably like we have remodeled it. Yeah, yeah, since it's like a hundred. Yeah, I would hope. And um, it's now a Westin. Nice. But um, Saint Francis. The the um, what Virginia Rap was the name. Rapay. Yeah, she was one of the women at the party. She complained of stomach pain. She went to lay down in the next room, and then witnesses say they they saw Fatty Arbuckle on top of her. They say he raped her, and then she died. Uh, like I said, what we're going to go, we're just giving you kind of like the Cliff Notes version, but Fatty is a story that I've got set up. So, um, you know, he, two trials, he was acquitted, but it, it ruined his career. Yeah, never recovered. Well, attempt to, but. Well, he, he got into directing and because because he was blacklisted because of the scandal, he still had friends in the business who were like, hey man, you know, I'll hook you up, man. I'll, I'll let you direct. And he directed under the pseudonym sit, um, I, I didn't know I butchered that. His name that he directed under was I Am Him. Mm-hmm. Clever. We actually did. That thing was another one. Right now, another one that I know right off the top of my head, which was which is true in Hollywood Babylon, is uh, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, well, that was stuff like that was a little bit harder to hide. Well, well right, but Charlie. Uh, for those of you who don't know, and years ago there was this really great biopic with um, Robert Downey Jr. playing Chaplin. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true it was, 
but Charlie Chaplin liked young girls. Yeah. Well, he worked under Art Buckle, I'm saying, like worked on as William B. Goodrich. Okay. So then later, you know, with the Babylon. Right. Changed it to saying that we'll be good, but it now, was William B. Goodrich. Uh, right. Now, I knew um, Charlie Chaplin liked young girls. That wasn't, um, I, I don't think that was harder to hide. Especially like if you're, you know, especially if you're like directing them mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like, <sighs> Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it was with the Hollywood Babylon, his, the story was already pretty, you know, scandalous. So there wasn't much they had to really add, but. Right. And I mean. Baby Sons buried Hollywood forever. And then the Charlie Chaplin, his other, like, son, too. It's just, I. Well, I know. Um. I, I I've seen a few documentaries on Charlie it were and they just basically came out and were like, yeah, he liked young girls. It, it was not well, yeah. You know, this one was this wife was this age, but he started seeing this one who was like sixteen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, actually yeah, his the Charles Chaplin Jr. is at Hollywood forever. Along with his one son and then one of his ex-wives. I want to say, isn't Charlie in France? That's Switzerland. Okay. Yeah. Now, a- another one that I'm I'm just pulling off the top of my head is a uh, newspaper publisher William Randolph Hearst. It was no, and I I know a little bit about Hearst. I mean, I took a journalism course, and you think I'd remember more about him, but I know Hearst had a young mistress that he was trying to get into the movies. Marion Davies. And I know there was talk about he had nicknamed a part of her body Rosebud. Mm-hmm. And all of this basically became uh, fuel for Orson Welles's great movie Citizen Kane. Yeah. And, and I mean, her, from what I understand, Hearst was like a very powerful. Well, we we kind of talked about him a little bit when he talked about his his uh, crazy granddaughter Patty. Fun times. Oh, God. I don't know what it is, man. I got a thing for crazy women. Mm-hmm. Patty Hearst, Lizzie Borden. Nah, I just, you know, if, if I, I would, you know, if, if I was to ever date Lizzie Borden, I'd have to sleep with one eye open and palm on a blade. Which you've already 
on that joke, which is obviously shit really shows that this is not scripted. <laughs> You're right. I say that anyway about Lizzie. I mean, I I mean, I don't know if I'd go for her or Emma. I, I might have a better chance with Emma. Mm-hmm. I'd still sleep with one eye open, palm on a blade, though. But, but you know, her, I, Hearst Castle is still standing. The, the, yeah, it's a huge tourist. Yeah, it's, it's an attraction, isn't it? Yeah, I think the Hearst Castle is like this really great tourist attraction that uh, the people go out to California to see. I'd like to see it. Shit, yeah. I, I've heard about some of the rooms in there. Hearst Castle looks interesting. Yeah, it's always it's always like a it's always been a little too far. Yeah, there's like two houses out there in, in Hollywood that or California that I would actually go visit. Hearst Mansion. Yeah. And the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah, I think they're a little bit closer together. Yeah, I, I know the story about Sarah Winchester. Um I'm I'm still debating if I want to do a show about her. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really thinking hard about bringing creep, creepy tales back. That would be cool. Yeah, I just want to get some more books on cryptids and shit before I I bring creepy tales back. Mm-hmm. And I it I I studied Hearst a little bit. Hearst gave us yellow journalism. He gave us the tabloids. You know, he just. Interesting, and I've seen pictures of him. He looks like a stern person. Yeah. And I've seen pictures of his granddaughter, Patty, and I'm like, yeah, I would. Um, Sharon Tate's in the book. We, we've talked about Sharon Tate. Yeah, it's a real, like, sure, it's not even just a couple. Right. Now, one that I know... Um, and I don't know how well it was covered in the book, but before we turned on the mics, I, I was flipping through and I saw this picture of uh, Judy Garland, like right before the end. And she, ooh, Judy was not looking good, but Judy Garland was one of those stories that, I mean, I keep hearing things about today about what they did to her and, you know, it, it well, yeah, the keeper, um, piped up on or it's skinny oh, and yeah, where it all started. Yeah, what, what were they giving her amphetamines? Yeah, and I had also had heard, especially, um, in her case, that she was a well endowed girl and they they tied her down. Um, there was like a binding system that they put on her breast to, to make her look smaller for to play the role of Dorothy. Mm-hmm. But ju- just the amount of like God, the, the amount of movies that she was putting out between The Wizard of Oz and what? Late 40s? Early 50s? Yeah. And they a lot of except for the Andy Hardy movies with her and Mickey Rooney, where she played like 
I, I don't know if you want to say it was his love interest because Andy Hardy was supposed to be the all-American boy next door and she was like the unrequited love. Which there was hard, I guess, I don't know, say harder with Lionel too, but I've never seen them. But yeah, they both ended up in Hollywood forever. I have seen... Um, Which is interesting. I've seen some of the Andy Hardy movies. I really can't... It, it was all, I mean... It was always like something, you know, he wants to do something and, you know. It was put on a show. I'd right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, Judy Garland was like his gal Friday or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, I mean, she, she made her money doing musicals. You know, it was like everything that MGM was putting out was a musical and it was starring Judy Garland. Uh, God, what's the one where she did um, Meet Me in St. Louis where she did like yeah. Clank, Clank, Clank Goes to Trolley. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. That one. Um, what was the one? Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. I don't think that wasn't. Uh, but I mean, she but until Shirley Jones came along, like because Shirley Jones did musicals too, and and Shirley Jones, I, I saw I saw right here, yeah. Let's see. Oh, oh that was from Mimi in St. Louis too. Yeah, so yeah, Shirley Jones did like Oklahoma and State Fair, I think. Mm-hmm. But for the longest time, Judy Garland was like ruling the box office with the musicals and then the pills kind of take started taking their effect and yeah and then well can't use her she's blitz out of her mind right so then shirley jones started taking over those roles and and i've seen pictures of shirley jones as a young girl mama partridge had it going on Mm -hmm. and i mean she just yeah, what was it? She needed pills to wake up, pills to go to sleep, pills to keep her going. What was it? Like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. God, Marilyn. Mm-hmm. If James wasn't a boy, Marilyn Monroe is one of the people he's going to be named for. So that's nice. Uh-huh. And then you know she started becoming too unreliable with the pills, and then she like in the late 50s early 60s right before her death she was doing broad what was it broadway or dinner theater neither well i know she was doing television appearances where she still sing with Marilyn? no not Marilyn. um <laughs> um judy oh yeah uh, yeah uh-huh. now if you if, yeah I, I've mentioned before how much of a fan I was of the, uh, or still am, but I don't listen to the uh, Gilbert Gottfried podcast. Mm-hmm. Go back to the Christmas episodes with Mario Cantone because he does a great Judy Garland impression. Not only does he do Judy, he does the daughter Liza too. Yeah. But he also sings like them too, so which is great. Yeah. 
But the best one that Mario Cantone can do, post-stroke Betty Davis. Oh, God. Oh, it's so funny. It's so That's funny. funny. I like him. Uh, I like Mario. He's good. Um. Okay, so th- those ones that I know off the top of my head. Um. There is. There was one. Clara Bow or Clara Bow. Clara Bow. Clara Bow. She did not party with the entire USC football team. Interesting. That's a battle on. I. I. I should have my phone nearby so I can like quickly look up the stories too. So also I have this too. Yeah, I have the phone too. And... Okay, Clara oh, yeah. Bow. But she's known, yeah, I visited um golly, you know, years ago. Now what was it that she died of? Oh, she died in 1962. She was um, yes, yeah, 65. Oh, well, I'm looking at her um, marriage to Rex Bell. Yeah. Uh, she died. Okay. Um, heart attack. Yeah, and yes. I said she's um actually in the same the same um hall as George Burns and Gracie Allen actually. Now what um so Hollywood Babylon says she partied with the entire USC football team. Oh, yeah, yeah, party. Well, she was like, yeah, well, party fever. <laughs> Well, we're using party in air quotes, but I, I think yeah. you got, I think, I think our, our listeners are sharp enough to know what we're talking about. Right. Uh-huh. Which, um, as you stated, was not true. Yeah, there are a whole bunch of people with, um, oh no, yeah, George Burns. Yeah, oh, I forgot how close Nat King Cole was too to um, George Burns and Gracie Allen. And Clara, yeah, it's like Clara Bell. And then the next row is Nat King Cole. And the next row is George Burns and Gracie Allen. Nice. This is why I love doing this. Everybody's like so close to each other. Right. And I'm, I know Wyatt Earp's in the Jewish cemetery out there because of Josephine. But yeah, that's this whole thing that. Now, at, at the time, um, Clara Bow was like one of the first sex symbols in Hollywood. I've seen her picture. She's not, I mean, for the 1920s, I, I can, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, she was crazy, like the blonde and, yeah, but yeah. You know, she's got the. One this one picture I'm looking to, she's she's got the little pouty face going on and you know the big eyes and the pouty lips and yeah. 
I that's yeah. Like, yeah. She's play part. Yeah. Nope. That's nothing. I guess and then but she was Yeah, it's just it's funny how big these people are too, and then unless you're you know, really into the Hollywood stuff. Sadly, a lot of them are like say Clara Bone. People are like, huh? No. Or then they'll say, at least, you know, like 30 years ago, oh, yeah, the football team. And that's it. Yeah. Well, the, the one we were talking about uh, before we turned on the mics, the, the, the one who made the jump. Um, The, the the one who jumped off the Hollywood sign. Peg. Yeah. Peg and Twistle. Yes. What what was the um what was the uh reasoning for her jump? Like she wasn't getting any parts. Okay. She wasn't gonna start, you know. But and then Basically, a week later, she got a letter of the, um, yeah, starring role in a play. But obviously, that was like a little too late. Right. Um, now, I, I know that the, uh, the Hollywood sign is, is a, a notorious suicide spot. Yeah, because they have so many like cameras on it too. And always, well, now around it, you know, now it is. But I mean, back then. Oh well, yeah. Uh-huh. You know. Goodbye, Hollywood. Yep. Um, the the one you said before um, was a hundredth anniversary. The well, Heidi Arbuckle was Labor Day. Last year was a hundred years, so it's now hundred and one. And then William Desmond Taylor was okay. hundred years in February. Uh, William Desmond Taylor. Who is he? He was. That was my phone writer. hitting. Okay, he was a. Um, let me pull him up because. Okay. Oh, he looks like a interesting type of man. Oh yeah. Head on. I mean, I'm looking at his picture, man. This man looks like he, you know, he could swing some power. Yeah. Well, and also, his original name was William Dean Tanner. William Cunningham Dean Tanner. Yeah. From County Carlow, Ireland. Mm-hmm. Homicide by gunshot. What caused him to take his life? Um, he didn't. He didn't? No. Okay. So, so. so Hollywood Babylon. Well, I was led to the impression that he, uh, he killed himself. No. It's not even Hollywood Babylon. Hollywood Babylon has his um, the Henry 
Katie, who was basically, let's say, like, bringing me, like, our assistant, I guess, for, like, back then. So it's manservant, so, you know, assistant male. Yeah. That, um, he ran into the street screaming that Desmond had been killed, but that didn't happen. They also didn't know that he had been killed until basically they went to just like lift him up to put him on the gurney and take him out. And oh, what do you know? There's a bullet hole in him because he was just like lying flat on the ground. So they had what I thought maybe it's like a fire attack or mm -hmm. something along those lines. But then they've also never found out. Who had killed him? So this is um, or why too with Desmond Taylor, yeah. So Desmond Taylor, we don't know who killed him or or why. Yeah. So it, it's one of those unsolved. Yep. Okay, uh, kind of like uh, George Reeves. Oh yeah. Uh, the the Superman of the nineteen fifties, you know, gunshot, yet. Yeah, but this one's even more obvious, like murder than even um, Reeves, because like with Reeves, like there was the gun was still there, right? Doesn't Taylor? There was no gun still. And, and um, I'm 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 thinking Bob Crane, Bob, you know, it's unsolved, but there's yeah, it is. Friend, so like, right, and I was. I think I was explaining it to my therapist that you know, Bob Crane was into you know filming him having sex with women. Mm -hmm. As like, and this is the that big bulky nineteen seventies equipment. Oh yeah, which is what he was killed with. Right, and she looked at me. And she goes, "How did they set that up?" I'm like, I, I would love to see that myself because uh -huh. that that 1970s video equipment was bulky as hell. Yeah, it, you couldn't hide it like you can, you know, camcorders today. Yeah, I even think they couldn't even attempted to hide it. It was just. Oh, oh don't mind the camera, baby. You know, uh, let me zoom in real quick. You know, mm -hmm. so so De William Desmond Taylor. We we don't know to this day who did it, why. Um. Well, I, I need to see if there's some books on the case. There are. Okay, well, Christmas is coming up. I, Christmas and then my birthday, so I know what I'm buying myself. Yeah, there's a couple. Right? Um, but yeah, that's another one. Yeah, always kind of fascinating. I even went to like Mabel Norman. Was another, okay. Another one, like, you know, mostly now these days for being involved with, you know, this case. So ended up, she's in with my specialty. She's at the same cemetery as oh my god. Uh, your, the Lou Costello mm -hmm. and Lena LaBianca. Ah. And yeah, I mean, lots of other people too, but 
Hopefully um, from Renovaro too. He's another yeah, Babylon. Okay, here's another one. I'm pulling up. Uh John Gilbert. That one is much as it's like like give me another one. <laughs> or well, yeah, John Gilbert. Is that the one you you were telling me was found with a stone dildo? Yeah, Ramuna Navarro and Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A stone dildo. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I'm wondering who took the time to carve a stone dildo. Yeah. And and not only is I mean, I I, I know I shouldn't get too detailed because we, we do have family members who listen. Yeah. But I'm just wondering how deep Well, I'm just wondering how detailed it was. Yeah, I feel really because that's another my I, uh, I don't love the Google searches now. Right. Well, um, yeah, yeah, his um anniversary to fifty four years was October thirtieth. Yeah. Well, I just sent you a question, so because I'm sorry this is going to bother me all damn night I'm going to be laying in bed and I'm just going to go how detailed was this thing uh, lead sorry yep oh it was lead uh-huh. I think you still get detailed with lead yeah but it's also yeah same thing it was we already had said that too urban legend now I know um, I, I've got something Something coming up about Rudolph Valentino. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll cover Valentino when we do that one. I, I had found a book about Valentino's younger years and. It was, uh, it was something that, um, I found it at half price books. I, I picked it up. I haven't read it yet, but um, Rudolph Valentino, just the, the the great screen idol, the uh, the, the the look, the smolder, the set women. Now, the one one thing that always got me about his death and was that every, what was it? Every year, the woman in black would place a rose on his. Yeah, and now it's part of the um, the ceremony they have at Hollywood Forever, which I attended back in two thousand three. Oh, the, the placing of the rose. Yeah, the whole they have a whole thing there. Um, my question is, did yeah, did they ever find out who this woman was? I think there's some like people that claim, but I think the percentage. But I was technically the woman that did, I think she still actually does it. But the woman that was doing it that year, she said, "Like I could do it too." That she wasn't like, "Oh, I'm the only you know, right lady in black chair." So I could have been the lady in black. Which would have been, if I lived there, I would like jumped on that. And, like oh, you is definitely. I'm like not even. It's like basically. 
Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, I don't know that, that I, I've always found that the, well, even more now when I've gotten kind of more involved with uh with doing true crime that um you know this this little mystery that the the woman in black for valentino has always been intriguing to me you know who was it why did she leave the rose i guess just kind of the way was it that whatever's because just it's a rose you know kind of oh yeah I can see that. What, 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 oh, like kind of pulling out, but yeah, whoever. Which I think that only stopped a few years ago. Um, Edgar Allan Poe with the bottle. Um, yeah, there, there's. Yeah, revisitor. Every year since, like, yeah, I used to. Oh, French cog. Was it cognac? Oh, cognac. Oh, yeah. See, that's how much I drank. So, but yeah, since nineteen, or yeah, and then it ends after six years. Yeah, that stopped too. But that's, every time I hear cognac, I think of um, that character Tim Meadows played, uh, Leon Phelps, the ladies' man. Yes, more have some cavassier. Yeah, that's kind of good. There was another one I'm thinking about in here. Um, God. Um, Jimmy Mansfield was not decapitated. No, and that's one. That's one that I I just seen not too long ago. Um. Anton LaVey's granddaughter uh-huh. kind of came out and said how freaky those two were in bed. Uh-huh. For those of you that don't know, Anton LaVey is the leader of the Church of Satan in America. Yeah, oh, here, yeah. Dietrich Flame claimed to be the first lady in black with Valentino. Okay. So, but then people took it, like her door took over, and then other people took over. And like I said, okay. I um, <laughs> right, but uh, Anton LaVey, leader of the Church of Satan, I guess okay. he had had an affair with uh, Jane Mansfield. Yeah. And the way Anton's granddaughter talks, those two were freaky. Mm-hmm. I don't know how freaky. I didn't read the article. But, um, well, there is, I, I know she wasn't decapitated because, um, you've corrected me on it. Yeah. It was just the wig one, I went flying, he took the picture. And... Right. Well, what got me was, um, I, I'd heard about that. You know, for, for those of you that don't, that don't know, um, Jane's man, Jane Mansfield, great act, uh, Actress back in the fifties and sixties. Oh, it's more like six, because she was supposed to be a dancer to Maryland. So. Right. Um, there's this famous picture of her with uh, Sophia Loren at a Hollywood. Yeah. 
Hollywood party where she's pretty much spilling out of this dress. Um, family right in front of Sophia Loren, and she's she's kind of like giving this look like, oh god, you're a tramp. Right. Well, the thing is, is that picture was uh, spoofed on an episode of uh, uh, Modern Family. Yeah, I was going to mention that one. That was funny. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, her daughter is Mariska Hargitay, who is Olivia Benson on SVU. And she's really not buried in Hollywood forever. She's not? She's not. That's a cenotaph. Okay. We're... The same way Hattie McDaniel is not buried at Hollywood forever, even though she had wanted to be. Well, I believe with Hattie, that would have came down to the uh, the segregation issue back in the in those yeah, days. But, yeah, but then when it switched over to Hollywood forever, they offered to have Hattie McDaniel like, moved from the cemetery she's at. And they said, her family said, no, we'll just like, let her stay where she is and it's been for decades, so right a memorial marker by the lake for her well there's um for jane mansfield she was what leaving she was in louisiana uh-huh. foggy night she's driving the car that's that was her her lawyer's driving the car her he's, lo- at, he's at hillside yeah okay lawyer's driving the car she's in the passenger seat uh-huh. mariska and her brother are asleep in the back seat a couple of the kids were Mariska was but she doesn't remember it yeah she was too young yeah right which in a way is good that she doesn't remember what happened to her mom yeah uh-huh. but it was her and her brother foggy night they didn't see the truck in front of them until it was too late and they they went under the trailer from the back end yeah, we're, they were in Route 90 in the east of New Orleans. Now, you know, pretty much just just sheared the top of the the car off, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the, the story that I heard was Anton LaVey was cutting a, um article out of the paper. And on the back side of the article was a picture of Jane's man, Jane Mansfield, he had cut her head off, so that's kind of tied into everything. But if you notice now, um, those truck trail trailers for semis have that bar underneath the doors. Mm-hmm. That bar is because of Jane Mansfield. Yeah, that safety feature is going to prevent the car from sliding under the trailer like that. Now, the story that I had always heard was that, you know, she was almost decapitated by the trailer and the, the roof coming off. And and, I, and I'm pretty sure uh, I I want to say, you, you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, which I, I might be. Her ex-husband, Mickey, handled the arrangements. And for those of you that don't know, Mickey Hargitay is a Hungarian bodybuilder. Was. Uh, he was. Um, he's he's Mariska's father and her brother Peter. I, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Well, her the her boyfriend sorry, was the. They had an actual just like a driver. I think he was Brody was. Her boyfriend was actually driving, and it was three kids in the back, three of the five. I I know Mariska was one of them. Yeah, and, and I think her brother Peter was. 
But the, the story that I always heard, like I said, was that she was decapitated because of the the, the way the car went under the trailer. Yeah, because it was they were doing the mosquito um, smoke stuff. That's why. Oh, yeah, they were fogging. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And, and I know being um, at a Boy Scout camp, how thick that fogger can be when you're trying to kill mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. Don't breathe it in. What? We'll get, get get a good get a good lung full of that stuff, man. Clear you up, man. But you know, she, no, she wasn't decapitated. Yeah. But um, I was kind of taken off. Right, and I mean, you know, I've only seen pictures of her. I don't think I've really seen any of her movies if she was in any. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her daughter, God, she's been on SVU since day one. And what I've, yeah, you ever seen those uh, Purcell laundry detergent commercials? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the guy who's the spokesman for Purcell's her husband. He was, he played an attorney on, um, in the early seasons of uh, SVU. Which would obviously. Well, yeah. So, so yeah she's, she's buried in Penn Argyle. In um, Pennsylvania. Oh. And she was born in Bryn Mawr, which was basically hop. I can't even say hop, skip, and jump. It was basically a hop away from me. So Right. Um, can, I'm, I'm trying to think of one more we can close on. Yeah, but that's why I said when I see articles about where famous people are buried and say Jane Mansfield and then Holly Forever, it makes me go like, no, not there. Oh my, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, Lord. Basically, just close on for that one for now because, like I said, right. Do some more because the William, well, William Randolph Hearst got the whole Thomas Sense for later too right I, I i mean hearst is enough i and i don't know where he would i mean I'll, I'll figure it out later i'm still trying to yeah because that includes chaplin yeah so. well and, and the thing is is i if i remember right from a tko or, or rko the mm-hmm. movie yeah there was this scene where uh, he's he's sitting um, all these big Hollywood produ- or the the heads of the studios, including Walt Disney, was sitting in this room waiting for Hearst to come in, and and they're like, Walt said something, and one of the produce or one of the studio heads said, Hearst doesn't have pictures of you doing Snow White, does he, Walt? So he had dirt on everybody. Uh-huh. Be, and, and being a newspaper publisher, I get it. But the oh god, the, the way that yeah, yeah Hearst deserves a, an episode, and I think just more for the blackmail aspect of how he conducted things and cover up stuff too. Oh right, so yeah, Hearst is going to be another one I'm going to look into. Besides, I've, I've already talked about his hot crazy granddaughter mm-hmm. me and them cra- yeah. me and them crazy women 
So yeah, it's going to be crazy all this. Well, now it's been 30 years I've like read Hollywood Babylon. All oh. yeah, I was, was going to say, you're, I was going to say, are you crazy? Yeah, but it's like funny, like reading now, like all the people that I have. Right. And I mean, like I said, uh, Fatty Arbuckle, I've always, I've I've got a show lined up for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got other Hollywood scandals, books um, in the library I'm building. So I'll read those. Um, Yeah, it's. It, it, I've, I've got stories for a while. I just got to get a proper workspace set up so that I could actually start writing again. Because mm-hmm. I hate having, I hate having like my living area and my work area all in, all in the same room. Understandable. That's like so many books. Right. Uh, we we will pick this up on our next episode. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like the free form. Yeah, definitely not for like all the time, but no, no. Like, okay, not too bad. Right, for some topics it works. Yep. All right, folks. Uh, Spotify. You can find us there. Spotify is one of the big ones out there. Just just make sure that when you type in Killers, Cults, and Nutjobs, put 2.0 at the end. It'll take you right to us. Oh, yeah. Now, first thing you put Killers, Cults, and Queens comes up now. Yeah. First, I was like, excuse me. Remember I was telling you the RuPaul Drag Race people? Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. With their Killers, Cults, and Queens. I wonder where you got that idea from. Well, true. I'm not going to take on RuPaul. I'm not going to take on RuPaul because, you know, I, I, I do. He is one great performer. Yeah, well, it's not RuPaul. It's RuPaul. It's a couple the people from the show. They're oh. doing it. But yeah, when I saw that, like, that name, like, mm, sounds like somebody's going through the list of shows and see what <laughs> anything that stuck out. Yeah. Are they doing, like, Drag queens who murdered people. I have to look at, but that's probably. I wouldn't be surprised at some of them because the well, the queen's part is them. All right. It's just the killers and cults, yeah. So. Because I was gonna say, man, a, a killer drag would be a pretty short one. I don't think there'd be that many. So. No, but still, a killer drag queen would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm starting to get a little punchy here. I've been up since. I've been up since three them three this morning. Oh God! Oh, there oh. we go. Sorry. Yep. Well, I, I go to work at four, so I get up at three, so I can get ready. But yeah, I'm a little punchy. Yeah. I'm. I'm so glad I have tomorrow off. I'm sleeping in. Yeah. And tomorrow's starting early since I signed James up for another one of the online classes that he likes. Well, like I said. Spotify, we're up there. Find us there. Um, find us on Facebook. We got a site there. Um, we need to do. We need to do more to keep uh, keep active on that page. 
Yeah. Real life has kind of came in and kicked us in the ass recently. Yeah, wait for things to calm down again a little bit. The last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have a. I know I'll have a short break in between this semester and next, so yeah, I'll be doing some work. Yeah. Uh, for Killers, Cults, and Nut Jobs 2.0, I'm Scotty J. Say good night, Monica. Good night, Monica.